Welcome to the When's My Time podcast. I'm Ozzy Eyre, founder of whensmytime.com. Well, it's Monday, 9th of January, 2017, and as I speak, I see that out of my window, it's just started to rain. It's a, a bit of a damp day and um, the sort of thing that we expect here in the UK. Now, I had somebody the other day ask me, why do you always talk about the weather at the start of these podcasts? And I think I may have explained this before. It's just, it's just a running gag. I'm British. And a lot of people around the world think we British are obsessed with the weather. Maybe we are compared to other people, but uh, it's just my little gag to to reinforce that stereotype. <laughs> and, uh, I hope, hope you don't mind that. It's also, as well, it's, it, it actually forms two functions. It's also, as well, um, and I haven't told anybody this before, but it's my little homage. I don't know if you're familiar with Garrison Keeler and his um, Tales, of, Tales of Lake Wobegon. Um, or t- tales from late Wo- news from late Wobegon. That's the thing. Good lord, <clears throat> the news from late Wobegon uh, on the Prairie Home Companion. Now I don't get to listen to the whole uh, Prairie Home Companion being outside the US and that sort of stuff, but I do try to listen to the podcast version of the news from late Wobegon. And every time he starts with, well, it's been a quiet week in late Wobegon, and then he goes on to talk about the weather. So it's my little homage to a great broadcaster. That's by the by. Um, here's the thing. What do you do when you find out something that you have believed for a long time to be true? Maybe isn't. Can be challenging at times, can't it? And I, I, I think I talked in the last, last podcast that I recorded on Saturday about not having to agree with everything and, and by all means, please challenge me. And, and I don't want you to agree with everything and accept everything I say at, at face value at all. Um, challenge me. And you can do that by emailing me uh, to aussie at whensmytime.com. That's O-double-Z-Y or O-double-Z-Y at whensmytime.com. Pick me up on things that I say that you don't agree with. And I'll, I'll, maybe, I'll maybe talk some more about that uh, in another podcast. But... Yeah, I found out today that something that I had believed to be true maybe isn't. Maybe isn't. See, let me tell you a story. And again, I think this may have been something that I've used in this podcast in the past. The story goes that there was some research done at the University of Chicago some time ago. And this was this is all about the power of visualization now. I am a little bit sceptical about certain claims made by the personal development industry, and um, some of it, I can tell you, degrades right into the realms of woo-woo. Uh, and visualisation, I think, is one of those things that is in danger of, um, of straying into those areas. However, I did think that there was some sound scientific basis for some of the claims, and part of this was was fixed on this story um, of a doctor. I'm trying to remember his name, Baslotto or something like that. Blaslotto. Uh, was it Professor? Hang on, let me just look this up. I, I, professional as I am, I should look these things up before. So hang on a minute. Yeah, a doctor Blaslotto at the University of Chicago. Now he did an experiment into visualization. Here's what he did. He took a group of basketball players and he put them through their paces and had them shooting hoops and he recorded what their success rate was. Then he split the group into three subgroups. One group, he said, 
go away and I want you to practice shooting hoops every day for an hour. Another group, he told them to go away. And this was for a month, for 30 days. So go away for 30 days, practice shooting hoops every day for an hour. And then we'll test you when you get back. Another group, he said, go away and I want you to go nowhere near a basketball court. I want you not to pick up a ball. I don't want you to do anything to do with basketball for the next 30 days. And the third group, he said, right, I don't need to go near the basketball court, but what I do want you to do is for one hour a day for the next 30 days is imagine, visualise yourself shooting hoops and shooting hoops successfully every single time. Now, here's the thing. When he tested the groups, the three groups, after 30 days, as you'd expect, there'd clearly been no improvement in the guys who had done nothing. The guys who had practised for real for 30 days, an hour a day for 30 days, had improved by 24%. Their, their success rate had improved by 24%. The group who had visualised the exercise hadn't actually been near a, a basketball, but had just visualised successfully shooting hoops. They improved by 23%, just 1% different. Now this, this is amazing evidence of the, the power of, of visualisation. I'm sure you'd agree. There's only one problem with it, though. According to the University of Chicago's own library, there is no evidence that the experiment ever took place. Neither is there any evidence that Dr. Blaslotto existed. And I found that out this morning <laughs> after embarrassingly. And I'm listen, I'm not the only one to use, the, use this story. I, it's used widely, but I was rather taken aback and shaken by this because it's something that I founded a lot of my beliefs on, that this, this, this experiment was real, measurable and repeatable. Now, it doesn't mean to say that it isn't because that same article that I've read from the University of Chicago Library, and I've no reason, I mean, the, the people at the University of Chicago have not got no reason to pour cold, cold water on this, um, on this story, have they? It doesn't do them any good to do that. In fact, quite the reverse. But they do refer, refer to some other work that was done by a Professor Clark at Wayne State University in the 60s. Now, they don't quote actually uh, any improvement rates, any percentage increases, but they do say that... Uh, let, me, let me get this article up. Um, here we go. Professor Clark studied two groups, so it wasn't split into three, studied two groups of high school basketball players over a two-week period, those who practiced by shooting free throws each morning and those who engaged in mental practice, visualising making shots, but not actually doing real practice. Both groups improved their free throw shooting. So there does seem to be some, although that's not as definite evidence uh, there, but uh, or not quoted, um, no, no percentage increases quoted, but there does seem to be some evidence that visualisation can work in certain circumstances. Now, Here's the thing. I'm not saying that if you visualise, I think the other day when I was grasping for an example of something that somebody might set as a goal, I, I think I used a, a Ferrari. So I'm not saying stick a picture of a Ferrari on your wall and just think about a Ferrari and one day you'll have it. That's not what I'm saying at all. 
because it goes back to the other day when I was talking about process rather than the goals. Process is the key thing. See, it's the process that will get you the Ferrari. It's not it's not visualizing the Ferrari, it's the process. Visualizing may may increase the likelihood of you sticking to the process though. So it may work by default. Does that make sense? It's not it's not a, a magical thing. It's not a sit there and meditate upon a Ferrari and one day you'll walk out and there it'll be on the driveway. It it doesn't work like that. It's only through action that that will come about. So I'm guessing, I'm guessing, let, let's throw out Mr. Blaslotto uh, or Dr. Blaslotto if he exists. I hope I haven't insulted this non-existent doctor. Let's throw that out, but let's let's look at Professor Clark's group and say, well, yeah, okay, both sides of the, the experiment improved. So those that practice and those that just did, as they called it, mental practice, the visualizing, both improved. Now, if the two combined, so they actually practiced, but also spent time visualizing as well. I'm guessing there'd be a multiplication. I don't know because there's no experiment and that's not a very scientific thing to do. Guess, is it? So we need to prove that. But I'm my belief is that combining those two things is going to help. I can tell you just visualizing on its own ain't going to work when it comes to obtaining something in the future. Because think about it. They were visualizing a process, weren't they? They weren't visualizing getting something material and tangible at the end of it. They were visualising an action. And that's what processes are, aren't they? They are actions that you take. So here's the thing. Go back to my question. What what do you do when um, something you believe true and you find either evidence that it's not true or no evidence to support it? Well, if you're like me, you adjust your thinking. You change your mind. I mean, it's... Uh, it's as simple as that. It's it's like in the scientific community. I, I I sometimes see on Facebook, and I'm I'm kind of I mentioned I think I mentioned Facebook the other day, didn't I? That uh, people tend to polarize their opinions so much on, on in all social media. But people on Facebook quite often will say, "See, science doesn't know everything." Well, the answer to that is, well, of course they don't know everything. Of course scientists don't know everything. Otherwise, they'd stop doing science. The whole point is a continued quest for knowledge. And the whole whole point of science is to obtain the best interpretation of the facts available at the time. So when a scientist believes something but then is presented with something hard factual evidence that their belief system is wrong, what do they do? They change their mind. So think today about things that you have believed to be true. Things that you've believed to be true about your own circumstances, about your own abilities, about people around you, things that you have believed to be true, but really think about them and say, what's the evidence for that belief? What is that belief based upon? And could it be I'm wrong? I'll leave you to fill in the gaps there, (laughs) because there will be some. Now, it's up to you whether you, you... as I say, you don't have to agree with me about everything. You can challenge me about things. It's up to you whether you, how far you pursue this. But just think, what are the things that I believe to be true? And what evidence do I have to back up that belief? Now, I'm not saying your belief is wrong. I'm not saying if you don't see any evidence there yet to back up that belief that it's wrong. 
Because absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. Does that make sense? So I'm not looking to shatter beliefs. I'm not looking to shake your beliefs. In fact, I'm looking to strengthen your beliefs. I'm looking to strengthen your confidence in your beliefs by challenging them. So go out, look at your beliefs. What I would say, though, is be careful of confirmation bias. Now, confirmation bias is something I've spoken about many times before. Confirmation bias is where you have a belief and you go out and look for just the evidence that supports that belief, not the evidence that challenges it. I've been guilty of that in the past. I've been very guilty of that in the past. So be careful to look for all the evidence to support your beliefs. And particularly, I'm talking about beliefs about your own abilities. Why do you believe in the limitations that you're putting upon yourself? What evidence is there for those limitations? Other than maybe some time in the past somebody told you you couldn't do something. Or you told yourself you couldn't do something. What evidence is there? Now, look, I'm not saying you could run faster than Usain Bolt. You can't defy the the laws of physics and ageing and all those sorts of things. So that's not what I'm saying. But, but, I'm guessing. In fact, I'm prepared to put money on it that there are areas in your life that you're thinking, I can't do that. Where there's absolutely no evidence to support that other than the story you're telling yourself. Look, I hope that's been useful for you. And do challenge me on this. Do challenge me on this. You can do that by emailing me at aussie at whensmytime.com. Look, if you enjoy this, if you're enjoying the conversation that we're having here, don't forget to subscribe. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the podcast. That way you're not going to miss another one. While you're there, also leave me a review telling me what you like best about the podcast and a bunch of stars. Because the reviewing, the subscribing and the star rating all help this podcast rise in the rankings. And what that means is that our community grows because more people will be able to find the podcast. And that would be really cool. That would be great, wouldn't it? This whole podcast kicked off in June of last year, June 2016. And by the end of the year, we were already being downloaded and listened to in 40 countries around the world. So that was in half a year. So we've got a whole year, a whole year ahead of us now Okay, less than nine days, because it's the 9th of January today. But we've got a whole year to go at. How about you and I try to get this up to 100? 100 countries by the end of the year. How cool would that be? Let's do it. I really, really, really do appreciate you choosing to spend time with me, even if it was just to listen to me telling you how I had had my belief shaken a little bit today, although not changed entirely. Thank you again. I've been Ozier, founder of whensmytime.com, and I'm here to tell you, your time is now.